What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody's well. It's a big fight this weekend. John Jones versus Cyril Gan. Next week, we'll break it down. It's a, this is exciting, right? Because I can see it go many different ways. But the way it's going to go, nobody knows until they actually get in there and actually do the thing. So we shall see what happens. I'm excited, man. Make sure you follow me. Punch the mouth official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Later, guys. Deuces. To start this episode off, first off, I hope everybody's well. But to start this episode off, I'm gonna go into that Alexa Grasso Valentina Jevchenko fight that I forgot to do, and I said I was gonna do it and I never did. I do apologize for that. Once again, we're gonna start off with Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Jevchenko. So for this fight, what I'm interested in is seeing is how long Valentina keeps the fight on the feet, because she always has that thing that. When she's in trouble, what she's going to do is take you down and get you in the crucifix position. I say she does it within rounds two and three. If Alexa presents enough problems for her on the feet, I believe she resorts to that tactic in rounds two or three. That's my belief. I believe that's how Valentina's going to win this fight because that's always been her exit, right? Like if I'm having a hard time, I could just take these guys, I could take these girls down, pin their arms, just beat them down until the rep pulls me off of them. It's a good tactic. Roy Nelson used to do that all the time. I mean, you know the saying, why fix it if it ain't broke? So that's what I think about that. So, now, how's everybody doing? I hope everybody's great. I hope you've been having a good week. I hate the rain. I know I've said that before, but I hate the rain. This rain is something else. This rain is something else. So coming up, we got... Francis' response to John Jones's tweet. I'm going to talk a little bit about Conor McGregor and the footage that was released because I know I haven't talked about that. Click, clack, the Mac is back. I want to clear up the situation with him and the Ultimate Fighter because I believe the story is not being told cor- correctly. I haven't talked to anybody, but just from everything I've perceived, and I will reach out to people, but everything I've seen that people are saying, I don't believe to be correct. What else are we going to talk about? We're going to do the PITM picks. I got the graphic ready to go. So be on the lookout for that. And then I'll tone it down with the Bellator fighters. I've been told, hey, bro, you got to tone it down. I don't want to, but I'll tone it down. I just, I need you guys to understand where I'm coming from, and I will explain that later. Okay, here we go. So Francis Ngannou responds to John Jones. This is Francis' tweet. Not, not a tweet, but it's a, a quote he said in an interview. Now, if you guys don't remember, remember I read a tweet from John Jones. I'll go back and read it to you guys. Just give me a second. Okay, this is a tweet from John Jones. I found an interview of Francis talking about how he'll forever be the undisputed champion because no one beat him. Once I saw that, my tone changed. 
I thought I would tell how I really felt. He did make the right decision. He left before I came back. Smart move. Now, this is Francis's answer to that tweet. Ready? Here we go. This is Francis. Personally, I don't have any problem with John Jones. I think we all know that John Jones has multiple personalities, and sometimes it's even hard for him to figure out who he really is, and I don't have nothing to do with that. Dang, shots fired. Shots fired. First of all, I applaud Mr. Nganu for defending himself, and... Even Ariel said, because remember how I originally thought that it was Ariel's interview that John was alluding to? Even Ariel said, he's like, I think it's my interview that he's alluding to. Like, it's because I don't like talking about this stuff because then people will be like, Adrian, you're the one that sounds salty. I am. I am. Because I don't like when people start doing that. Like, you said something and then... Two weeks later, you change your tone like, what the heck, man? What the heck? That does make me a little salty. But yeah, that, there's Francis. And then some unexpected news. Yesterday, I was on Twitter. This is how I found, found out. So there's this account called MMA Rankings V or something like that. And they tell you who, when... People have been cut. Sometimes it's a lie because they said Francis got cut and it turned out to be a lie. But then it really didn't. But yesterday, it said Darren Till got cut. And today, when I woke up, I saw this. What's happening, everyone? Me, Dana, and Hunter are still cool as F. I asked the UFC to remove me just to sort out some other stuff for the foreseeable future. They happily agreed and released me out of my contract, which I appreciate. I'm not going anywhere. Got big plans to execute and I'll be back. So as of right now, I believe Darren Till is a free agent. But I don't know if he's going to go fight somewhere else. Or if he just didn't want to. Well, that doesn't make sense. Because he could just say, well, take me out of the testing pool. But they won't release me. So I don't know if he's going to go do some other stuff. Maybe he's going to try to go box. And because Darren has been on a losing streak, they didn't really fight him on it. Because he's not a quote unquote hot commodity. So, I don't know. I wish Darren all the best. He's one of my favorite fighters. I put him up there with Nick and AD as as far as my favorites go. So, we shall see what happens. We shall see what happens. And then, right here, a comment says, Hidden that Connor secret juice protocol. So, I don't know if he's injured and he just has to be pulled. But then again, can you just say, well, can't you guys get me out of the testing pool? Here's another comment. About to go to the PFL. And lose to someone that's heard of. Hey man, PFL's pretty good. PFL's pretty good. And like that, none of us has heard of stuff. Is because I love how people feel that they have the... How can you say? What's the word I'm looking for? That they feel they have the right to say, Oh, well we never heard of you, so you're not a big deal. Well what about if you went to go look for him? What about if you searched this fighter out? Why do you think I'm such a big fan? Here I go again. Fuck, here I go again. Okay, here I go, here I go, here I go. Why do you think I'm such a big fan of Amosov? Because somebody told me that they get off that full sack. Hey, nobody's ever, he's never beat anybody fucking good. He beat Douglas Lima. He would have beat the brakes off of MVP. I truly believe that. But unfortunately, because he had to go 
um, help Ukraine, he couldn't get that fight. He beat the brakes off of Logan Storley. But, like, come on, guys. Just because these guys are in the UFC doesn't mean they're not good. Look at Mike Chandler. Now people are going to me, he's like, he's like, what, two and four in the UFC? I don't, I don't give a fuck. He's probably one of your favorite fighters to watch fight. Like, come on, bro. And I was a big fan of Michael Chandler when he was in Bellator. So, yeah. So, we shall see what's next for Darren. It makes me sad he's not going to be in the UFC, but the best to him. Here's something else. This is from Rafael Fazib. Darius deserves it 150%. And if he wins that, I don't want to stay on his robe because he really deserves it. I can wait. So that's Rafael Fazib saying, dude, if Darius wins, give him his title shot. He deserves it. And Darius does, man. I hope if Darius beats Charles Oliveira, he wins. He at least gets a title shot. I hope he doesn't have to fight Dustin. If anything, if Rafael Fazeev wins, I bet you he'll call out Dustin Poirier. And if Charles wins, he'll be like, okay, give me Dustin and I'll wait. Or he'll even say, I'll fight Charles next. I bet you he would. Bet you he would. So, okay. let's. So, I want to find the original tweet by um, Daniel Rubinstein. And then we're going to talk about Conor McGregor. Okay, so originally, as I read to you before, I'm going to read it again just to refresh everybody's mind. Although Tough 31 has gotten underway, it seems Conor McGregor is already causing a stir in the house as rumors surface suggesting that the Irish man kicked three contestants off the show to make room for his hand-selected fighters. The Notorious is preparing to coach his second season of The Ultimate Fighter, though this time he will compete following the conclusion unlike last time. The man opposing him will be fantastic Michael Chandler, a fan favorite who enjoys putting on a show each and every time he steps foot into the octagon. So, okay, this is a tweet from Daniel Rubinstein. Daniel Rubinstein, he's the manager of people like Shavka Ragmarov, Armin Sarukian, um, Peter Jan. I've talked to him a couple times. So this is him. Can Cross, Mitch Ramirez, and Brendan Jenkins all pulled off to make room for three of Connor's guys to be on the show? That's his original tweet, okay? I want you guys to make sure that sinks in. So then reports later came out that five people were kicked off, which included, um, was the, the guy that flashed Sean O'Malley, was his name Chris something? Chris Soul Stealer? I follow this guy. What's his name? Look up Sean O'Malley's record. Chris Montino. Okay. I figured out why I couldn't find him. Because he spells his name with the K. Oh, it's not. Chris's solace is his name. Okay. And now here's an Instagram post from Chris Montino. Thanks everyone that has been congratulating me. But I'm making this to say I'm not actually on the show. I spent... The time out there believing I was going to be on the show. The day of filming, they told me I was an alternate. Things happen for a reason. I'm home. Fight news should be coming soon. So, there is a reason I'm saying this. I believe Danny Rubinstein. I do believe Connor came in and be like, yo, I got three guys. I need them on the show. These other guys, I believe they were alternates thinking they were on the show. 
like Chris Montino here. So, people saying that Connor not kicking people off isn't true. I don't believe it. Do not believe it. And then speaking about Connor, so okay, let me see if I can find it right here on MMA Junkies page. They post a lot, so it might take me to find it, but I will find it. Well, here's the statement. I just needed to make sure this was it. So, okay. This is a snap from the original Ultimate Fighter house, where I coached versus Uriah Faber. The photo was just before the show, though. It was right before I won my first world title, beating Uriah's teammate Chad Mendes around. I then went on to coach the, the famous show straight after the fight. With a black eye and a gash, my tricolor and my new and first ever UFC gold belt, I waltzed into the notorious fight gym in Las Vegas. The slickest suits and the sh- and the shouts, the show. It says shouts, but I think shots, the show he meant, had ever seen before. On top of the silverware, and I coached my team to victory. Crazy, some journey I've just been offered to coach again. I like it. It's full immersion, which is needed. I see fighters lining up. I know what's ahead. I've been ready, motherfuckers. Hashtag stay ready. Okay, you see this tweet? Like, I'm in. I'm in. But I'm very biased. I love Connor. I love Nate. I love... Who else do I love? I love Amosov, apparently. I love Johnny Eblin. I'm in. I'm in. So... I see that be like Connor's about to run through my channel. That's what's going through my mind. I'm like Connor is about to run through this guy. We're gonna get Connor, the guy that beat Eddie Alvarez up. But then, then I see this. Then I see click clack the Mac is back. That dude is blasted drunk. He has to be blacked out drunk because he posted that video on Instagram with no caption. And then a few hours later he deletes it. So he has to be blackout drunk, right? <laughs> and then I asked myself, I'm like, so are you back, man? Or or is it a front? So let me know in the comments. Like, let me know if you think he's back or if it's a front. Because at this point, I just think it's a front. Make no mistake about it. I will always be a Conor McGregor fan. I will always be a fan of his. Because he was able to put a whole country on his back. And, um had people believing in something, okay? In turn, I believed in him. He ha- he has a lot of people in the U.S., people that don't even watch MMA on a regular basis are fans of his. That's the crazy part. That's f- pretty awesome. If you don't think that's awesome, you're a gatekeeper and don't talk to me. How about that? We got a few more things to talk about and then we'll be on our way out of here. You guys know what a challenger brand is? Okay, we'll read you the definition of a challenger brand. A challenger brand is a brand in an industry where it's neither the market leader nor a a niche brand. I'll explain what a niche brand is later. Challenger brands are categorized by a mindset which sees they have business ambitions beyond conventional resources and intend to bring change to an industry. And then a niche brand, just to keep it short, a niche brand is like, uh, like for example, shoes. You could get vegan shoes. You could get nurses' shoes. You could get shoes for people, like if you're oversized, you could get oversized shoes. If you're small, you could get 
shoes for you, stuff like that. My point in bringing this up is I pump up these Bellator fighters and all that stuff because they are a challenger brand. And because they're not the industry leader, like the UFC has made it to seem that, oh yeah, our fighters are the best. For the most part, that's true. I've said it. Heavyweight. I said it last week. I gave you, and I said four to, four to three UFC. Bellator, I meant four to three UFC because I gave the UFC the heavyweight division. I gave the light heavyweight division. I should have gave it to the UFC because I'm thinking of Nemcomp and Yuri, so Yuri beat him, so that's 2-0. Middleweight, I gave it to Bellator because of the style matchup. Welterweight, I gave it to Bellator because I believe right now Amosov can beat both Leon and Usman. Lightweight, I gave it to Bellator because I believe if Islam and Usman were to fight, Usman would beat him. Featherweight, I gave it to Volkov, Nopsky, because to me, he's the best fighter in the world right now. And Bantamweight, I gave it to Adrian Sterling. So that's one, two, one, two. So that's two, two to each. So I gave it 5-3 UFC, okay? But I will keep pumping these guys up because if somebody out there reads like, oh, well, I'm going to go check these guys out if they're that good. Or like if you're just looking for something different because that's what Bellator won, PFL, that's what they are. I'm not saying you're going to find the best. For the most part, the UFC has the best fighters. But there's, there's at least, out of 50 apples, there's at least five gold ones. At least. At least. So we shall see, man. We shall see. Last thing, the thing you've all been waiting for. I have it right here. It is time. We're going to end with this. The PITM picks. 11 fights. I'm going to bring up the graphic right now, even though you guys can't see it. I'm going to bring it up. It's coming up. 11 fights. We're going to start from the prelims to the main card. So it's going to go from the fights that happened first to the main event. Is that cool? Okay, first up, well, actually, let me just look it up because I just put my picks. I didn't put who they were fighting. Okay, so I'm going to break it down for you. I got two fights in the early prelims, and then I got the all the fights on the main prelim and all the main card fights. So the first fight, Tabitha Ricci versus Jessica Penne. We're going Tabitha Ricci, the featured early prelim fight we got Ian Machado Gary versus Song Kinan I'm going Ian Gary the opening main prelim fight my boy Julian Marquez versus Mark Andre I'm going Julian second fight Viviani Arrojo versus Amanda Hibas I'm going Amanda Hibas and if, if I'm going too fast don't worry I will put it up on Instagram I'm telling you the graphic is done Derek Brunson versus the Chris Duplices. We're going the Chris Duplices. And then the featured prelim fight, Cody Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones. We're going Cody Garbrandt. Bo Nickel versus Jeremy Pickett. I'm going Bo Nickel. Jalen Turner versus Mateusz Gamrat. I'm going Jalen Turner. Shafkat Ragmarov versus Jeff Neal. I'm going Shafkat Ragmarov. Valentina Chevchenko versus Alexa Grasso. I'm going. Valentina Chepchenko. 
And of course, the main event, Johnny Jones makes his heavyweight debut against Cyril Gunn. I'm going Johnny Bones Jones. So there it is. So we got John Jones, Valentina, Shavkat, Jalen Turner, Bo Nickel, Cody Garbrandt, Jacris Duplices, Amanda Hebas, Julian Marquez. And I know his name is Julian. I just like saying Julian. Ian Gary and Tabitha Ricci. But there are the picks. They will be up. Don't worry. You see them. Make sure you're following inst- my Instagram. Punch in the mouth official. And my Twitter official underscore PITM. But guys, that's all I got for you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the fights. It's going to be a good one. And remember, if Cyril Gon wins, there are two fights. There are two fighters, not fights. There are two winners that night. Cyril versus wins against Jones. And Francis wins against the UFC. Keep that in mind. Deuces, guys. Peace.